Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Favor. I am excited to be here with you today. Today is October the 9th. We celebrated at Northeast Baptist Church our Men and Women's Day, which is our annual event. It was an amazing celebration. And our guest preacher today uh, was what I like to call living history. Uh, It was the Reverend Dr. Benjamin Chavis, former NAACP president, the coordinator of the 1995 Million Man March and one of the Wilmington Ten. Uh, We just had a great time in the Lord with Dr. Chavis. Now, I will tell you this as well. Uh, I'm on another high because after we got done service, the church surprised me with a 50th birthday party celebration. Uh, You hear the tears in my eyes, right? I've already gotten my AARP envelope. They're waiting on me to join them. But uh, we thank God for five decades of life. So we're not going to turn away any blessing. Uh, But listen, 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 let's get into the show today. Uh, We've got a great guest for you. So far during this season of announcements in Philadelphia. Uh, we have interviewed former council member Maria Quinones Sanchez. We've interviewed former council member Alan Dome, both who have announced for mayor of Philadelphia. Uh, this is going to be an historic election. Uh, we will elect next year our 100th mayor uh, of this great city. So in continuing with that series, in continuing with that discussion, uh, I want to welcome into the pastor's office former council member at large for the last six years, Derek Green. Former council member Green, welcome into the pastor's office. Well, Pastor Mason, it's always a pleasure to be with you um, in the pastor's office once again and having this conversation and dialogue um, with you and your listeners. Uh, now, you said something about uh, 50, and I know something a little bit about that uh, in reference to AARP cards, because they are very, uh, I'll say, aggressive in their pursuit of new people into the 50 Club. So uh, welcome right. to the club. And uh, and at first, you know, when I, you know, my wife turned 50 before I did, and those magazines would come to the house, and I was like, I'm not old enough to reread those magazines. But then one day I just happened to be reading the magazine and I was looking at the articles and the discounts and I was like, wait a minute, I start, I need to start reading this ARP magazine more often. Uh, and now it's become more of a, uh, a struggle because she'll say, well, do you have the magazine? I was like, um, 
Yes, I was looking at the magazine um, because you realize that as you become more seasoned, um, there's more things for you. And even though you may not want to admit, um, there's some good opportunities in that magazine and good conversations and discussions like the one we're going to have today. Absolutely. Well, listen, I, I, I dreaded this for the last year, but then I came to my senses and realized, you know what? If God gave me another year, if he allowed me to hit 50, I'm just going to embrace it, and uh, we're going to move on. But, man, we are glad to have you here in the pastor's office today. You have announced your candidacy for mayor of Philadelphia. I'm going to start off like I started off my other interviews with your former colleagues. Why now? Why now? Well, after a lot of reflection and thought and prayer, uh, I decided to resign from the city of Philadelphia, um, quite simply because I believe Philadelphians should expect more and deserve better from our city. And when I think about all the challenges and, you know, these past number of weeks have been really difficult, um, but when I think about uh, what happened at Roxborough High School, and I had a chance to talk with uh, the principal of that school over the weekend and reflect on my visit to Roxborough um, earlier this year, and she was giving me some of the uh, challenges that she was dealing with as a principal of that school. And it's just an unspeakable tragedy that no principal, um, no teachers, no students, no communities have to deal with with the, um, the killing uh, of a child who was just trying to do what many of us have done uh, in the past, is enjoy life and participate in a sport. Um, and it's, you know, issues like that and issues... Uh, like education and economic development and uh, affordable housing, all of these issues that I think that Philadelphians are really concerned about. And I decided to make my announcement uh, at a barbershop in West Philadelphia in Carroll Park. And the gentleman that owns that barbershop is someone I've known for, for a little while, and he's been working to address gun violence. You know, barbershops are small businesses that are anchors, in our uh, communities, and this barbershop in particular has been working with the University of Pennsylvania through an initiative called Shape Up, and they've been working with young people to put them on a better path towards a brighter future. And when I think about the challenges that we have in the city, we need to have more um, programs like Shape Up or Philadelphia Ceasefire uh, and doing things in our city, and they need to be supported by the city. Um, because we need these type of programs if we're going to address the issue of gun violence and public safety to get our young people, especially our young African-American men, to put down guns and pick up paychecks. You know, there were a couple summer festivals, a uh, couple annual summer events uh, that are traditions in Philadelphia that were canceled uh, this year because the organizers did not want to deal with or make a decision to have an event where there could potentially be gun violence. Uh, we know that the numbers, and you and I talked about this before, we know that the numbers are not going down, they're going up. Uh, so what would a Green administration do to rein in uh, this issue of gun violence in our streets? Well, we have to take immediate action um, you know, uh, as we go into the primary um, next year and upon um, if I'm selected by the voters of the city of Philadelphia coming out of that primary, 
will work together on an initiative and a plan to go right into um, January of 2024, um, starting day one to address gun violence uh, and public safety in our city. Uh, I am someone who's been fortunate to have relationships with uh, many of the former mayors, and I talked to them about the work they have done during their administrations, from the Nutter administration, who had focused deterrence and really focused on accountability, to uh, Mayor Street, who had Operation Safe Streets, and I've talked with uh, Mayor Street, as well as uh, former Commissioner Sylvester Johnson, where they had a physical police presence in neighborhoods where we were having the most crime activity, but still working with uh, neighbors and um, community organizers in those communities to allow those blocks to remain safe after the police have done what they needed to do. Uh, from, you know, former uh, Mayor and Governor Ed Rendell, who I talked to earlier in this week, uh, I was a, I'm a former assistant district attorney. Uh, of course, you know, Governor Rendell was both an assistant district attorney and district attorney and focused on effective strategies to address um, crime in our city. And even former Mayor Good, uh, who is my fraternity brother, along with Mayor Street. And, you know, as mayor, he took his cabinet meetings to neighborhoods so people could see their government in action. So coming right into our term at the Green Administration, I would make sure that I'm visible, I'm walking the streets um, along with, um, you know, the head of the police department, others to show uh, a visible presence for the people and maintain that presence. But then also doing things in a collaborative approach with our um, law enforcement partners, both the district attorney's office, um, the attorney general's office, the U.S. attorney, um, federal uh, organizations like uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms um, Department to have that type of physical presence. And you need to be visible. I mean, I just recently did a ride along with the 24th Police District. Uh, and that's the district that represents Kensington, Allegheny. And I did it late at night because I've done ride-alongs during the day. But I wanted to do it in the evening uh, from 10 p.m. to 12 a.m. to see what is happening in Kensington. And just talking with officers, um, many who don't feel supported by the administration, but also giving them the support they need um, because I believe we can reduce gun violence without violating the civil rights of our citizens. You know, one of the one of the conversations we've had with the other announced candidates is the fact that recruitment for the police departments at an all time low, that we're definitely understaffed in the Philadelphia Police Department. How do we reverse course and attract officers that are community minded, uh, understanding that their their real job is is to is to protect, defend, and to serve the people of Philadelphia. Yeah, that has been an issue um, here in Philadelphia, but also an issue around the country. Um, you know, prior to me resigning from city council, I was the national president of Democratic Municipal Officials, and I also served on the executive committee and board of the National League of Cities. So I talked to my colleagues in various cities who are mayors to see what they're doing to address this issue. And then before I left city council, I introduced a public safety agenda that one talked about the residency requirement for officers, but also looked at um, how do we recruit officers. And I did a bill 
um, that provided hiring bonuses for police cadets. That's something that's currently happening in Seattle, in Newark, in Baltimore. And so as part of a green administration, you'll have someone that has had experience uh, in uh, law enforcement as a former assistant district attorney, but also has relationships and will look at best practices in other parts of the country and bring some of those ideas here to Philadelphia. Because cities around the country are dealing with public safety issues, um, but we're seeing that cities, like, for example, Dallas and other cities, are really starting to turn the corner to reduce violence in their cities. And we should be doing the same thing and be willing to work with uh, the residents here and encourage people to become members of the Philadelphia Police Department and how that provides an opportunity and a career um, to give back and to serve um, your neighbors, your relatives, your friends. Um, But at the same point, you know, use ideas from other jurisdictions that are having effective strategies to reduce gun violence and bringing those ideas here to Philadelphia. Um, you know, that was one of the frustrations that, that I saw, which also led me to um, get in this race because I was seeing what other mayors are doing in their cities and what was not happening here in Philadelphia. Uh, and that's what, you know, really gave me that perspective that we need to do more. And I think Philadelphians should expect more and deserve better from our city. You're listening to Phyllis Favor, 100.7 FM. We're talking to former council member at large, Derek Green, about his announcement and run uh, for the mayor uh, of the great city of Philadelphia. Uh, council member Green, uh, you spoke about Kensington in your ride along uh, the other day. I was in Kensington as well, uh, but I was helping out a young lady uh, who was at one of the open-air drug spots. Uh, she shot up, she got high, and then she got beat up, and she got robbed. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do about these open-air drug use areas in the city? It seems like it's almost a wink and a nod, and, and we just let them do what they do, and people are, people are dying. No, I, I agree. I mean, I've done a couple different visits to Kensington the late-night drive-along that I did with the 24th Police District, but also walked the streets um, with community leaders um, and also have, you know, taken public transit through Kensington to see the impact um, that the opioid addiction is having in not only the city of Philadelphia, but that neighborhood. But, you know, when I talk to leaders in the community, um, what they have been frustrated about is that you have a number of different groups, elected officials coming in with different proposals and plans, but not coordinating with the community. And so the community is constantly adjusting to this elected official has a plan and then this elected official. And then you have people also from outside the neighborhood coming in and providing goods and services. And they're saying, well, we've got to do something to help the people. Well, a lot of the people, unfortunately, that are in Kensington, who are dealing with these opioid issues and addiction issues, many are not originally from Kensington. They've come from other neighborhoods, other communities, other parts of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, and have come to um, this part of our city. And so it's, it's really a tragedy um, that this is happening, but also a tragedy in reference to how the residents are trying to do the best they can to go to work, go to school, start and run a business, 
when they're dealing with all these things around them. And at the end of the day, we need to work with the community and not a top-down approach, but a you know, public-private partnership to say to the leadership and the residents in Kennington, what are the things that we can do to help you address this issue and not just come in and say, well, we know what's best for you, but listen to the residents and the leaders, and then based on that perspective, bring the services that are needed to address these issues in a way that the community needs to help them turn the corner and change this paradigm in this section of the city. Let's let's do a pivot real quick and talk about education. Uh, one of the glaring, glaring issues that was uncovered by the pandemic, and really if you've been around, you didn't need the pandemic to see it, uh, is the inequity in our educational system in Philadelphia. You know, the lack of support some of our students have at home uh, to be able to get their work done and really excel. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what a green administration would bring in the area of education here in the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Well, I had the opportunity to talk with Dr. Tony Wellington a couple times before he became the superintendent of the school district. And in my conversations, I was really frank with him, and I said, Dr. Wellington, I'm not talking to you as an elected official or as an attorney. I'm talking to you as a parent, as someone whose son has only been educated in the school district of Philadelphia. And then my wife and I were fortunate enough to start the first autism support classroom at his elementary school, Houston Elementary. And my son, in June of this year, graduated from Hill Freeman and was able to start a post-secondary program at St. Joseph's um, the same day that I announced my campaign uh, for mayor. And so, you know, my concern is that are we providing an education system that's preparing our young people for the future? Uh, When we see the situation like what happened with Tiffin Fletcher, who was killed by a 14-year-old with a ghost gun while she was working at Mill Creek, or what happened to the young man from Saul who was murdered at Roxborough. We're not doing what we should be doing to provide an education system that's going to prepare our children for the future and keep them engaged. Uh, so when I talk about putting down guns and picking up paychecks, that's based on the jobs coming to the city of Philadelphia from the old Bud plant that's being renovated or the old Sunoco refinery, um, which is now going to be the Bellwether District or what's happening in the Navy Yard. We need to be exposing our young people to these opportunities and these jobs. And we're not talking five, ten, fifteen dollar jobs. We're talking family sustaining jobs where young people coming right out of high school can start a career. Or are we training our students for these opportunities? Um, that's the conversation I was having with um, Dr. Watlington. Um, you know, for me, education has been a big issue and important, not only for my son. But having a mother who taught in the school district for 31 years and 26 years of Arlington High School, and when I was in law school, I had a chance to teach there part-time. So a green administration is going to be one that's going to be focused on education. You know, the mayor, especially the mayor, which I hope if the voters select me will be me, um, will select a, a majority of appointments to the school board. So looking at how do we keep the school board accountable to the residents, of the city of Philadelphia and to the students who are in the school district. 
which many times I think from my experience as a parent trying to navigate the education system for my son, don't feel they are heard or represented at 440 North Broad Street. You know, um, one of the one of the challenges that um, I've seen as I've had the opportunity to talk to the former school superintendent, as I've had the opportunity to speak to educators, is, again, recruitment. Again, a good wage for our teachers so that we're getting quality educators uh, in our school system. Have you found that to be a challenge that we're encountering here in Philadelphia? Yes. I mean, that has been, I mean, this year, um, for the first time in some time, uh, the recruitment challenge has not been as um, challenging as it's been in past years. I think part of that is that the district has started recruiting teachers earlier uh, for the position. But you have a number of teachers who are leaving the profession, and we don't have the same number of teachers coming into the profession. I think about schools like Cheney University, which for years has provided a pipeline of teachers coming into the city of Philadelphia, um, black male teachers who served as role models and mentors for um, generations of young people in uh, the city of Philadelphia, in the school district of Philadelphia. But are we still working aggressively to recruit teachers from schools like Cheney or other HBCUs or other schools in the region like Community College of Philadelphia or, or Temple or Drexel? LaSalle at Penn. Um, what are we doing to help bring those teachers into um, education and explain the opportunity and benefit of being an educator and how rewarding it is? Um, that's part of the reason why my mother was an educator for so long, and I you know, enjoyed my time when I had a chance to be in a classroom trying to give the gift of education to young people. Um, because many of us from where you are, Pastor Mason, to me, were inspired by someone um, that you may have met as a young person and were able to see their career and see that's something I can do, because if you can see it, you can be it. And we need to um, get back to where we were in the past and providing the information and um, attracting um, people of all backgrounds, but especially African-American males, to this noble profession of education to really help our young people become future leaders in our city. We're listening to Philly Saver 100.7 FM, and we are talking to former city council member at large, Derek Green, who is running to be the 100th mayor of Philadelphia. Uh, former council member Green, I really appreciate the time that you're giving us today. As we bring this uh, interview to a close, uh, I do want to pose the question to you that I posed to uh, your former colleagues, and that question is very simple. Philadelphia has been a democratically run city for an awful long time, uh, and we find the city and the state it's in under democratic control. What changes next year if you're elected? Well, what changes if I get elected is someone that's going to listen to the citizens of the city of Philadelphia, um, as you are, Pastor Mason, a servant leader. That's the type of leadership that I have tried to bring um, during my time period as a council member at large. That's the type of leadership I will bring as mayor of the city of Philadelphia, working with people, all backgrounds, all perspectives, as well as listening and even having dialogue with people 
who may disagree with some of my policies. But when you think about leadership and we think about uh, examples of leadership and, and I'm reflecting on what's happening in the Ukraine, where, you know, Vladimir Zelensky uh, is someone that people were questioning why they, why is he president when I think he was an entertainer or a comedian, but when his sovereign nation was attacked by Russia, he stepped up and leaned in for his citizens. And he was able to rally them together to support their effort. And he also rallied the globe to their cause. That's leadership. And that's the type of leadership that I will bring to the second floor of City Hall. And that's the leadership that we need as a city because Philadelphians should expect more and deserve better from our city. All right. Well, thank you for that answer. Now, let's, let's talk about the, the race itself. Uh, Alan Dome has announced Sherelle Parker, Helen Gim, Maria Quinonez Sanchez. You know, these are all your colleagues. You all work together to bring the city through a once-in-a-lifetime worldwide pandemic. Uh, all of you are running. The, the argument I've had with several of my colleagues in ministry, several of my colleagues in business is, you know, with all of these great council members running, does it allow somebody else to come up the middle, split the vote, and become the mayor? You know, I'm hearing rumblings that maybe Jeff Brown uh, is going to announce his candidacy pretty soon. You know, would it have been a better situation for colleagues that have consolidated and picked uh, a, a candidate? I know it sounds unrealistic, but I'm asking anyway. Talk to me about the congestion that's in this mayoral race. Well, the, the names that you provided are who I've worked with, and I was able to pull them together um, this past year to pass a budget that allowed us to um, reduce taxes for small businesses and residents, but also provide more dollars for public safety and police officers. Um, I'm someone who's you know, done a lot of campaign finance reform and election reform legislation and believe that everyone has a right to run. But I believe the voters in the city of Philadelphia are smart, and they're going to look for a candidate that has the qualities, the background, the experience, and the vision um, to lead our city forward as the 100th mayor of the city of Philadelphia. Um, there have been times in other mayoral elections when, you know, people of similar backgrounds have run and the vote has been split. But if you look at the past number of cycles from, you know, when John Street ran and other African-American candidates ran and John Street was elected, um, when um, Michael Nutter ran in 2007, and you had other African-American candidates in the race, and he was elected. I think that came from the, you know, the maturity and the experience and the seasoning of the voters of the city of Philadelphia, who decided we need this person for this type of race and for the time we're in. And, you know, from my perspective, you don't always get a chance to choose the moment. Sometimes the moment chooses you. And when I think about all the issues we're dealing with from uh, public safety, um, from education, from uh, affordable housing, economic development, uh, someone that has been assistant district attorney uh, who's also had experience in education uh, as a parent working through those issues, uh, someone that's been a small business owner and a small business lender and attorney representing small businesses, I think those are the qualities and characteristics. And someone who's been elected twice citywide and has been a national leader, 
I think those are the qualities and characteristics that the citizens in the city of Philadelphia will be looking for for the next leader of our city. Council Member Green, thank you so much for joining us today in the Pastor's Office. Do our listeners a favor real quick and share with them where they can get more information about your campaign. Absolutely. Um, you can always reach me by way of, you know, people can go to my website, um, which is Derek, D-E-R-E-K-F-O-R, mayor.com. So that's DerekForMayor.com. They can also reach me as well via email at Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at DerekForMayor.com. They can send me an email um, to that location. They can also call the campaign office at 267 825 7527. Once again, 267-825-7527. Well, there you have it, Philadelphia. There you have it, Philly Saver listeners. You've heard from former council member at large, Derek Green. He's running. And so we hope to have you on the station again uh, as the campaign continues so that we can dig deeper into the issues and really, really help our audience to be informed and engaged so they can make the right choice next November. So thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It was always a uh, pleasure to be with you and your listeners in the pastor's office. Take a minute, turn the radio Son.